isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all, to feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Today on CityCast Pittsburgh. When city officials cleared a homeless encampment late last year, they only gave the people living there a few days notice and crews used front loaders to clear their belongings. One woman was still in her tent. Now local advocacy groups are asking if the move violated those residents' civil rights. Amelia Winger, a reporter from Public Source, is with us to talk about the fight for better policies for closing encampments. It's Monday, February 6th. I'm Morgan Moody, and here's what Pittsburgh's talking about. There have been concerns over uh, the growing number of unhoused people in the city, and city officials have opened a new shelter downtown, uh, the Second Avenue Commons, but uh, why are the ACLU of Pennsylvania and the Community Justice Project getting involved uh, at this point? Um, So I think that the main tension point here comes in in mid-December when the city and county closed an encampment in Allegheny Center along Stockton Avenue. What the ACLU and Community Justice Project are concerned about are the procedures that were used to close that encampment. Um, The encampment itself was located on city-owned land, so the city can decide what to do with that land. But legal precedent has long held that when people are experiencing homelessness, they're allowed to live on public property if they can't obtain shelter. Um, So it's really a question of how you go about closing an encampment then. For people who might not know, what happened when they did close the encampment? Yeah, so when they closed the encampment, kind of in that immediate aftermath, we started seeing reports surfacing um, that the way that the city went about doing it might have been a bit more haphazard. Like, for example, there was an article showing that a woman in a tent was scooped up by a front loader. Um, and other more like procedure-driven concerns were also um, raised about things like whether the city provided adequate written notice, whether the city provided adequate alternative housing options, um, whether the way that they went about storing unattended property was viable, um, that sort of thing. Yeah, when it comes to, you know, that property... What did the ACLU and the CJP have to say about the constitutionality? Yeah, like I think the issue here is that when a person is experiencing homelessness, that doesn't strip them of their right to have property and have that Mm. property be respected. Mm -hmm. And so what the ACLU and Community Justice Project are concerned about is if the manner in which the encampment was closed disrespected and kind of violated those property rights that people have. Um, Because... From what they learned, it seemed as if front loaders were being used to just kind of, they said, haphazardly scoop up these property. Um, so in that case, are you truly respecting that this is someone's? Um, and I think also another issue there is how long the property was being stored for. Right. For 
many years, it seemed as if the city and county were offering for property to be stored for about a year after an encampment was closed. And with the Stockton Avenue closure, um, it was only stored for about six months. Um, the city said that this decision was made because they had kind of heard from other people that after that six month point, if people haven't come to claim that property by then, then they're probably not going to. But it's still you know kind what happened of happened to it. What happened to all their all their things? Uh, we're not quite sure. It's being stored somewhere. It's just not um, publicly disclosed. Hmm. And so we are just waiting to see. Did city officials or or did the county um, give these encampments any any notice that essentially their community would be would be swept up? I'm really glad you're asking this because I think that's an important thing to clarify. Um, the city did provide, I think it was a little bit less than five days of written notice. Mm. And so I think that verbal notice might have been like even like a day or two longer, but it was still only five days. Another issue that you mentioned in the article was the idea of credible housing. And so what can that be considered? Because say uh, you didn't want to live in one of the shelters that the city has, you know, offered or or provided. Um, yeah. What is credible housing? Yeah, I think that question is really central to this issue overall. Um, from what we learned from the city, the city won't close an encampment if they're not able to make that offer of credible housing. And that's really just ensuring that when you close a camp, people have somewhere else to live, um, whether that's temporary or more permanent. Mm. And so in this case, from what we learned, it sounds like the city only provided people with the city and county, I should say, only provided people with the option of moving into Second Avenue Commons, which is um, the county's new low barrier shelter located in downtown. Yeah. But what I think that the ACLU and Community Justice Project are concerned about are if only offering those shelter accommodations actually constitutes as a credible housing offer. Just because for some people, they may have had traumatic experiences at shelters before and they might not want to return. So, or or there are a variety of other factors that could keep people from not wanting to go to a shelter. Um, So I think the question here is if that's your only option, is that actually viable for everyone? Hey, Pittsburgh. Behind those stately red doors on Bingham Street, the brilliant minds at Pittsburgh's City Theater have a brand new stage show for you. It's a modern revamp of the Shakespearean classic Hamlet. Fat Ham follows a young queer black man named Juicy, whose father visits from beyond the grave to demand Juicy avenge his murder. Check it out through March 24th and get your tickets at citytheatercompany.org. Use code CITYCAST, all one word, for $5 off. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. So were they offering these people beds in the shelter ahead of everyone else? Because that shelter filled to capacity pretty quickly. Yeah. So we learned that beds at Second Avenue Commons were reserved for people coming from the Stockton Avenue encampment. So it seemed that anyone else who was seeking those reserved beds were then turned away and redirected towards a different shelter. I think most of them ended up at Smithfield uh, Unified Church, um, which is another low barrier temporary shelter throughout the winter. 
Who's responsible for how the encampment was closed? Yeah, I think that this is an issue of joint responsibility. Um, The city and county share responsibilities for closing encampments in Pittsburgh because it's an issue of city land, but the county is the one controlling many of the resources available for homelessness services. Mm -hmm. Um, So from my understanding of things, I believe that the city is the one who initiates that decision to close an encampment within like the boundaries of Pittsburgh. Um, And the county is the one who is there helping to provide outreach to housing services. Didn't the county essentially say that they weren't responsible uh, for this? Yeah. So this county was saying that the city is solely responsible for the Stockton Avenue encampment closure, but that the county was also there to help with outreach to housing services for people who were living at the encampment. Did you get any sense from the city or from county officials if there were going to be any more closures anytime soon? So I believe that there aren't any imminent plans for future closures. One of the things that the city brought up to us is that because making that credible housing offer is so central to the decision to close an encampment and the fact that shelters are at capacity right now, they just don't have the space to. Um, So it doesn't seem like there are any imminent plans, but that doesn't stop legal advocacy groups like the ACLU and community justice projects from worrying about this um, and and kind of rumors about it. I guess what can happen um, if they do find eventually that, you know, the way that they have been disrupting um, the community of the unhoused is unconstitutional? Do you know what what sort of things, what could happen if, if they say that, yeah, this is wrong? So I think the reason that the ACLU and Community Justice Project are involved right now isn't to initiate litigation, but it's to sit down with the city and county and really craft procedures that can ensure that for any future encampment closures that happen, they are conducted in a constitutional way. So the goal there is to prevent that from ever happening again. Amelia Winger is a health reporter for Public Source. Amelia, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And I also want to make sure I give a massive, massive shout out to my coworkers, Eric and Stephanie, who I worked on this story with. A little more news before you go. Sheets has ended its controversial smile policy, which said that people with visible dental problems like missing or broken teeth, quote, are not qualified for employment. The move comes after Business Insider did a story about the policy and the lengths Sheets was asking a former employee to go to after she lost some teeth in a domestic abuse situation. The original policy gave workers 90 days to fix dental issues that weren't related to a disability. And finally, we might be filling those three vacant seats in the state house. Special elections are tomorrow for districts 32, 34, and 35, and the winners will determine who controls the Pennsylvania house. As we discussed numerous times on this show, Democrats won by a narrow margin in the November midterms, but one state representative, Tony DeLuca, died and two moved up to higher office. We'll put a link in our show notes with details about how to vote if these seats are in your district. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. If you enjoyed the show, tell your friends, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our Hey Pittsburgh newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city, so we'll see you then. I'm so 
I take my business to Gecko.